the Open Paddock Rallycast. This is episode 42 for Tuesday, October 30th, 2018. Apologies for the late post on this one, as we weren't able to get this edited until the weekend. In this show, we had our Lake Superior Performance Rally Review with the Uper and Mr. Hooper. Our Uper is returning guest Al Dantes Jr. of Tower City Race Team. We also have, for the first time, Michael Hooper, the two-wheel drive winner of LSPR, and now Rally America two-wheel drive overall champion. We chat about something called the Sisu Challenge, the crazy changing conditions at LSPR, and discuss other bits of rally news. Unfortunately, no Ian Holmes this week, as he's had a bit of a cold. And a bit of warning, there is some static in the first few minutes, but it gets cleared up pretty quickly once Al finds a new headset. This is Open Paddock, the Rallycast. Welcome back to our show, Al Dantes Jr. and our new guest, Michael Hooper. So good to have you guys on the Open Paddock Rallycast. Al, let's start with you. How are you doing this evening? Oh, not too bad. It's been uh, quite the week getting uh, back into the groove after LSPR. You know, it's it's such a wind-up. It's it's a grand finale for the year. It takes about a month of planning, and uh, we had a lot of special things going on at our headquarters, so uh, it's been kind of nice to get back to work now. Well, uh, it's pretty much in your backyard, right? <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, I had videographers and photographers in my basement. Uh, I had uh, Robert Lefebvre. He came from Bismarck. He was in my basement. Uh, we had my wife's camper in the yard. We had the, the rabbit crew was in there. My crew was in there. We had a barbecue. Um, we had a, the TV6 crew, which was actually... Uh, live broadcasting to like 400,000 homes across northern Wisconsin and the UP. Uh, they were broadcasting from my house at 5.30 in the morning on race day. <laughs> so that was interesting. But uh, yeah, eventually they let me get in the car and, and go play in the woods. So it was kind of relaxing, you know, after all the wind up to, to finally, you know, just me and Brandon go for go for a little ride. <laughs> Now, Mr. Hooper, uh, nice to have you finally on the show. Now, you had a little bit of a trek from where you're at to get all the way up to LSPR, didn't you? Yeah, we're just over a, a thousand miles from Chattanooga. Wow. So it, it's a bit of a haul. We we headed out uh, Tuesday evening, and as we typically do, drove all through the night and then showed up the next day uh, in the afternoon, the night before recce. So uh, how many times have you uh, done LSPR in the past, Mike? That is my third time up there, and it right. is probably my favorite event. What makes it your favorite? Oh man, it's it's just so varied. You know, every uh, you, you've got everything from super fast uh, roads that you have to commit on to tight and technical, uh, smooth roads, uh, bumpy roads, rough roads, but nothing's really a car breaker. Even even the corners that are that are tight and technical. You know, usually there's a little bit of a berm, so you can you can have a little, little bit of uh, leniency, I guess, if you get carried away, and then they'll knock your car back on the road. So it's just, uh, I don't know, it's it's my favorite. Not to mention it's beautiful up there. Well, so from the imagery we saw, it definitely looked beautiful up there. Uh, you also had a little bit of uh, pretty good competition with the ARA champs of uh, Seamus Burke and Martin Brady uh, coming and paying a visit in that beast of a car they've got. Uh, feel a little intimidated going into that one? Honestly, we've been chasing them all year. <laughs> we uh, with, with four of mine. We wanted to hit four events, 
uh, get on the podium on on three of the four. We were allowing ourselves one one mistake somewhere along the way, and uh, just keep keep building that core and improving on the strength with a goal of winning LSPR. So, uh, you know, I, I had to tell myself I had a shot, but of course, uh, in the back of my head, I'm thinking there's no way we're gonna be able to chase that thing down. Uh, but we we came out of the gate as fast as we could, and when the dust fell, we were on pace, so it worked out. Yeah, certainly on pace, but definitely it was, it was starting out pretty close with the first few stages. Um, as we can hear, Al is uh, moving around and going in and out of places. <laughs> you can't slow Al down. He's always moving. <laughs> Yippee dogs included. Al, you still with us? Yeah, I'm just looking for a new headset. Ah, okay. All right, Al, you, you were saying earlier that, uh, you know, this rally is pretty much in your backyard. Um, and, you know, obviously a lot of people there, you, you're familiar, very familiar with it, coming, people coming and seeing you. Uh, but you also did something a little special with this home round of yours, something called the Sisu Challenge. For those that haven't read all about it, why don't you give us a little bit of an explanation of, first of all, what Sisu means. Uh, I think we mentioned it once on our show uh, several shows back, but might as well get a refresher. And what uh, the whole purpose of this was. Well, what, what Sisu is, is actually a Finnish, uh, it comes from Finnish culture from Finland. Um, and most would say it's undefinable. It At its root, what it is is, Stubborn, stubbornness uh, in the face of adversity. A Finlander doesn't give up, just keeps pressing through. Win or lose, uh, never quit. And uh, it's one of the reasons why it's very hard to beat a Finn. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, as far as the Sisu Challenge, it actually started um, at a Ojibwe rally in uh, Detroit Lakes <clears throat> uh, for years. Uh, myself and Robert Lefevre of Stang Rally have uh, exchanged, uh, what would you say, lodging. When I go to Ojibwe, he houses my team, and when he comes to LSPR, I house his team. <clears throat> so it works out good. But this year he was, uh, he said, well, I don't know if I'll be able to do LSPR. And I said, well, we're going to do a, do a little prize fund, and we'll get you there. And uh, I forgot about it, and... A few weeks later, he got a hold of me. He's like, going to do that? And I'm like, no. And he goes, well, I think we should. And so we pulled the trigger. We put it all together in about a half an hour, and, and it really took off. So it was it was really cool. So give me an idea of what uh, kind of some of the winnings were for this. Because it wasn't just for people that finished first. It was all kinds of different stuff, right? Yeah, the original intention of the Sisu Challenge was to make it uh, dirt cheap. Um, we didn't want it to be, you know, a hundred dollar buy-in or anything like that. So we set it real low, 20 bucks, you know, give everybody's got an extra 20, even though we spend all of our money to get to the event and, and all of our fuels and stuff. So we decided $20 entry and then we're like, well, should be regional guys. And we're like, no, we can, we got to let everybody in, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the woods, especially at LSPR. Um, and then we, Said, you know, if you have any gag gifts or you want to throw a six pack of beer in or whatever, that's cool too. And we opened it up to um, businesses or uh, retired competitors or anybody, you know, really want to contribute, uh, get in it. And I, <laughs> I 
we we thought of the idea at 11 a.m. I made the logo at 11:30, posted it at noon, and um, by the time my lunch break was over, I think we were over $1,500 in uh, contributions. So, <laughs> that is so, awesome. So I messaged Lefebvre and I went, "Ah, oh, yeah, you're coming to LSPR," and he's like we didn't realize that his wife was still on the group chat and she's like, uh, do we need to talk about something? <laughs> <laughs> so how many people donated? Oh, I don't even know. It went all the way from uh, limitless studios threw in a, a $500 package to um, retired competitors like Eric Burmeister threw in 125 uh, Matt Johnson from specialty field productions who does a lot of, uh, work with Ken Block, he threw in a hundred dollars. Um, even Mr. Hooper, he threw in 125, uh, just to sweeten it a little bit. And, um, we had a couple anonymous ones, which I'm the only person that knows who it was, but they were a hundred dollar bills. And, uh, were, were you surprised by the amount of support? I knew there would be a couple. I knew there was a couple. I expected the, the entire prize fund to be about $500. I don't know what the official total was, but we've been advertising it was close to four thousand dollars. Wow, that's that's impressive. That's impressive for just people all just kind of chipping in just to, just to do a little bit of extra little winnings for fun. Now, uh, Mr. Hooper, over to you. You're you're obviously the the one that was uh, kind of the big winner, at least in class. Um, an exciting event. Was this a little bit of incentive for you to come, or were you coming anyway? We were coming anyways, but. Uh, absolutely. It just changes the whole dynamic. It, not just for, for the chance of getting, you know, monetary gain, but uh, just the camaraderie of competing against everybody and, and knowing that you're all in the same pot. Uh, so, so yeah, it was uh, a nice addition for sure. It m- made you hold that right pedal a little longer? Well, Seamus was doing that, but the, <laughs> the Sisu helped for sure. Al, why don't you tell me about how your at least first day of the event went for you? Okay, the the first day day of the event was a little tricky because when we did our reconnaissance, it was the roads were still frozen, and then halfway through the day, it warmed up. and And I joked with everybody for three weeks leading up to the event because the forecast was forty eight degrees, and I said, "No, nope, it's going to be seventy five and sunny, and seventy five and fu- sunny," and everybody was call me delirious. Well, on, on the day of recce, I think it hit 68 degrees. So all the roads that were frozen, uh, turned into mud after we had already checked them out. So we're like, okay, <laughs> all of our notes are, are not going to be as great as they were. Um, so we started, uh, first stage was Bob Lake and, um, there's a notorious corner there about a mile in. <clears throat> it's just, it's just a, a simple right three, but it's really wide and muddy, and and everybody goes off there. And this year was no, was just the same. It ate a couple cars, and uh, we took our time through there, and um, we were careful of the mud. There was a little bit of water. And everything was good, no issues. Uh, the next one was Estes Lake, which is really really fast, but it has some sharp corners in it. And uh, well, I didn't know about it until Mr. Hooper posted a video, but now there's a famous jump on this stage. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, good stage. Um, Went into service. And then the third stage of the rally started our first night stage. And um, I've been running the same eBay HID 
lights for six or seven years and and i realized last year i'm i'm already uh, driving over the limits of the lights and and i was just miserable all of friday like my lights weren't pointed where i wanted them i couldn't see and i was getting pretty angry and miserable and when we went out to the last loop of stages i actually stopped on the side of the highway and and aimed my rally lights on the highway and i finally got them dialed in and got them exactly where i liked them and then uh six miles from the the rally finish on Friday night, just randomly lost a tire and it's like, you know, Sisu and I wasn't going to pull over with six miles left. And when you lose a a tire on a rear wheel drive car, you lose so much power and you're like, well, are we losing the motor? Are we losing the tire? And after it starts coming apart, you're wondering, well, do I have two flats? And (laughs) so it was, it was a frustrating day for day was one. Was it a but, full uh, delamination? You could fe- hear chunks, you know, flying <laughs> off or? Yeah, especially with a two-door car. And uh, the way an RX-7 is when that tire comes apart. And, and of course, it's always on the co-driver's side. So it's it's right behind his head and it's slapping on the window and slapping on the hatch. <laughs> and <laughs> it, he can probably feel it in his seat pretty good. And But it's it's two years in a row that's happened to us and it's always... It's the same stage, even it's Farpoint, and we didn't have any impacts, and it's a second running of it, so it gets pretty sandy and rutted up. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to get a clean run at it. <laughs> so you said it was six miles from the finish of that stage. Um, where is the point for you that you would pull over and actually change it? How how many more miles would it have to be? <laughs> this was probably right there. Um, Cause that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, that's got to be pretty close to the borderline, right? Yeah, it was at a for a while. Usually, the first two or three miles, it's still pretty stable. But it, you know, because so you're not going to pull over right away as soon as you feel a flat. You're like, hey, it's not that bad. And then it gets a little loose, and then it starts ripping, and then the tread comes apart. And so it usually takes about three miles till a tire totally gets undrivable. And that's that's when the co-driver kind of gets scared because they realize you don't have any control of the car and it's randomly shooting off the road. And you're still doing 70, 75 through the woods because you're not trying to bleed out too much time. But I think all in all, I think that the six miles on the flat cost us maybe 90 seconds. So 90 seconds, I'm never getting a tire change done in 90 seconds. No, you're so. not, no. Um, yeah. You have a, you do have a history though of scaring your co-drivers first without brakes at Ojibwe and then uh, yeah shredding a tire on this one. Way to go, good job. <laughs> well, at least at Ojibwe, Zach didn't know that we were out of brakes until I pulled the handbrake at the finish line. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I that's when I knew I had to turn it up a little faster. If if the co-driver yeah. doesn't realize you don't have brakes, you can have to drive more aggressively when you do have brakes. So, Mr. Hooper. Um, did you lose any tires on this one on that first day? No, we got got lucky, but oddly enough, it might even be that same same run through Farpoint stage eight. There's a, a 300 downhill into a square right, and I went way into the ditch on the left to set up for the right, and I thought I picked up a flat. So we we spent a little bit of time, uh, and then finally, you know, you you start hearing something that doesn't sound quite right, feel quite right. And I was waiting for it to delaminate like uh, Al was talking about. And then after a mile or two, realized it wasn't getting any worse. So we kept driving it and turned out it was just the underbody dropped down and had folded over on itself. So we we 
we picked up something in the ditch, but luckily it wasn't a flat, so we dodged the bullet. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> at least he didn't have the, uh, uh, gosh, was it uh, Oitanak at uh, Wales Rally GB, where his uh, loosened um, yeah. dug like, what did it look like, a foot into the dirt and uh, ripped off a bunch of other stuff, causing him to DNF, so... I, I heard two feet. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a ways under there. <laughs> they had to dig it out. It was pretty crazy, for sure. Uh, so, obviously, your Friday went really well, started uh, pulling a bit of a lead, and uh, Al had mentioned that there was the uh, jump that he didn't really know was a jump there, but uh, I think I saw a picture of your car. Uh, did you make sure you got uh, clearance for the altitude you got there? <laughs> well, not from the navigator side, anyways. We... Uh... <laughs> Last year, we ran that same stage when we ran it at night, and I had flat in the notes over that, that same crest. And we ended up overshooting that corner and, and going in the weeds a bit. Um, so this, this year, you know, we talked about it, and we're like, well, we'll, we'll go ahead and brake check at the top and shed a little bit of speed. But it turns out we're going a little bit faster than we were last year because even with that brake check, we ended up doing the exact same thing. And uh, if you get a chance to, to catch the video, it's pretty hilarious. Claudia's reaction. I, I think we uh, were about 108 before the the lip, and then you can see I actually stabbed the brakes, so it does get just under 100. But we don't land until halfway down that straightaway before the left, and it's a, a square left with spectators, of course. I was say that's that spectator point. Yeah, that's a great combination of shots. Uh, I was looking at uh, some video of that. Is just coming off that jump, land it, and then boom, you got to start hooking it into that left, right? Exactly, and we were we were sideways pointed right under hard braking the majority of the way down that straight, and we would have had a good video, but uh, the gentleman from Limitless said he actually abandoned his post because he thought we were coming his way, so he he left his uh, his uh, recorder and headed for the woods. You scared him a bit. <laughs> that means yeah. he's doing his part of being safe so uh it's all good we'll, we'll, exactly we'll give him props for that uh, that means he's looking he's not just looking through his viewfinder about the shot he's thinking about himself which is very good we want that from our media people out there of course so, so how did your friday end up uh you know i was kind of giving details of uh how things went into the night how'd it go for you uh really well we we planned to push some more at night um we didn't take as much time as we'd hope but we ended up 23 seconds up on Seamus um I think he got us stage two and maybe another stage in there he put some time back on us but going back and forth I don't think there was ever more than 10 seconds difference on stages and that oh, was that's a, fun that was a 14 mile stage how, so. how much enjoyment is it to you know come at the end of those stages or, or when you guys get to a you know the next ATC and you're kind of all just kind of stacked up there and you're kind of looking at times and whatnot to be able to see like Oh man, it's so close each stage. It's it's fantastic and it's it's just a treat, honestly. I, I never thought that we'd be be up there setting those times or even in the ball field. And and going into this event, you know, like I said, we were somewhat confident, but at the same time pretty nervous until we got that first first set of stage times to kind of confirm that we were on track. So it's it's exciting. It's really exciting. Now Al you have not just yourself out there competing. You've got a whole Tower City race team out there. So you had uh, some other guys out there uh, competing. How was their uh, first day out uh, on those roads? Yeah, this was, this was our debut of our third car, which um, it's a pretty cool story, which I'll explain more when we get to the Saturday stages. But uh, 
my little brother, he got so excited spectating the rally last year that immediately after LSPR, he was one of those guys like, I got, I got to get a car. I got to get a car. So we got him a car. We got him an old Max Attack GTI that had been mothballed and a, a really nice car. It's got ITBs on it. It's got uh, DMS suspension and any picture of it on the internet from the early 2000s. It's just, it's skying through the air because it's got this amazing suspension and it's lightweight. Well, they've been rebuilding it all year, and they ended up, they actually had to rewire half the car, so they, they finally got it running correctly like a week before the event. My brother had rented it out to a fellow off-road racer, Kyle Cooper, and then my brother's crew chief uh, from Crandon was the co-driver, Chris Woodry. Um, so we had, they were starting, I think, 30 cars behind us. And then my uh, teammate, Adam Van Dam and Jacob Carlson in the rabbit, um, <laughs> I helped out with uh, the starting order a little bit and put them right in front of me, <laughs> which yeah, I told him, it's kind of like the Greyhound racing, you know, we'll send out the rabbits first and we'll get them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like it. So at the, with our Friday night stages, uh, we didn't compare times with anybody else. We were just checking back and forth with, with, uh, each other and you know he's been out to Colorado and Missouri a couple times and down to Ohio and so that was my number one rule going in I told Brandon too I said rule number one is finish rule number two is have fun and rule number three is don't lose to any Tower City cars <laughs> so we were checking with Adam and uh, I think we took I don't know 14 seconds out of him the first stage and then another 10 seconds the next stage and it's like okay, you know, we're beating a rabbit, but what does that really mean? And and um, I don't remember if it was the first or second service, but uh, Susie Little came up to me and she told me, good job, you guys are really killing it out there. And I'm like, well, she's uh, co-driving for Mike Hurst, which I shouldn't even be in the same ballpark with him. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to go check the results. And, and we had them by, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds. It's like, oh man, I, I guess we're doing all right. So we realized we're never going to chase down uh, Mr. Hooper or Seamus, but we were pretty happy with where we were at Friday, uh, even with, I shouldn't say my reasons, but my excuses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Adam did very, very well. Um, he had no issues to report, which is very good for Adam, because usually he's, after a few stages, he's looking to buy a new engine for the next day. But <laughs> So if the rabbit's happy, he was happy, and uh, it's taken him all year, and I think he's finally got that dialed in. Uh, like I said, the GTI was actually, I think, 25 minutes behind us, so the time we were getting done with service, there was just enough time for me to run over and stamp a picture and send a quick update and hop back in the car before Brandon... Uh, hollered at me for being late to fuel or anything like that. So <laughs> they did really good. Um, you know, rookies, first event. Uh, they didn't have any issues, and they actually had an ECU failure. After doing a tire change on stage, they had the car oh. fall off the jack two times. They got the tire change done. They got belted back in and took off, and then their computer fried on them a mile later. So that was kind of disappointing for them, but... Um, I've been in constant contact with them and they're, <laughs> they got the bug, you know, they're, you set they're the used, hook nicely. Yeah. They're used to driving 500 horse off-road trucks side by side, you know, 20 trucks jumping 150 feet, hundred miles an hour over moguls. And they're like, no, this, this GTI is where it's at, man. <laughs> that is awesome. 
Now, Mr. Hooper, we haven't really talked too much about your car just yet. Um, I remember when I first saw that car, I'm like, Alexis? Yeah. We, we've had a lot of haters, but, but usually, uh, you know, one, one spectator area and they're, they're converted. They, they become believers. <laughs> or, or just one watch at the jump uh, in New England on Concord Pond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a wild one. That was a little, <laughs> a little more than we were expecting there, too, I guess. One of the interesting about this event, uh, interesting things about LSPR is you never know what the weather's going to do. Uh, weather forecasts, they're mildly accurate. Um, I don't think people expected the next morning to go to Park Froze. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. So, I mean, I, I, I'm just asking, so, so for both of you guys, you know, you wake up the next morning and you look out the window, what's going through your mind? Well, that's the funny thing was we had the, the all the cars staying at my house. Um, we didn't break anything the night before. We we knew we could just get up in the morning, wash the cars, and we were ready to go to Park Expose. Um, nobody set their alarm clocks. We woke up at 7, 30, 8 o'clock. We had to be downtown by 9. And uh, I walked out in my living room, looked out the windows. Beautiful day out there. Not a snowflake on the ground. It was really, really nice. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> weatherman was wrong today. Went in the bedroom, got changed, and came back outside. And I swear the snowflakes were the size of your hand. And uh, woke the guys up, and and uh, we got the car wash going in my driveway. We had the power washer going steady, and it it was literally, I think, in a half an hour, two inches of snow came down, and it was okay, boys. This is going to be a whole lot different. And I didn't have any snow tires mounted. Um, the rabbit. Wait, wait, did, wait, wait. You... you didn't get the memo. Bring all the tires. <laughs> well, I'm a stubborn youper too, and. Uh, it's like, no, there's no way we're getting six inches of snow in an hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, by the time we got downtown, it was the roads were three inches of slush. Um, the park expose is right on the lakefront, which I think last year it was 82 degrees out and beautiful. It was it was just so majestic down on the lake. And this year, I think there was a 35-mile-an-hour breeze out of the west, and the waves were crashing, and they had put walls up on the pavilion, and there wasn't a single competitor to be found. And I'm like, well, where, is that? You know, where are all these guys? And you could see them all huddled up in a, in a pile trying to warm each other up. And that was the first five minutes of Park Expose. <laughs> you, you forgot to mention the snow was coming in horizontal. <laughs> So along with that 35-mile-hour wind, you have yeah. large snowflakes with the wind. It's pretty much blizzard conditions, in other it, words. Yeah, it was it was literally coming in a, a parallel to the ground, no doubt about it. We woke up and, and saw it, and you know, it kind of had me smiling a little bit. I was optimistic about it. And then we start driving down, and it starts getting more and more accumulation. And then the trailer's sliding around. We were towing the car down. And... Uh, my optimism started fading <laughs> and <then I> started, <laughs> a little bit, huh? Started wondering how many people had snow tires. And Did you bring some? Team, nope, nope, no snow tires. Just uh, who's your 205s? And I, I uh, ran over to Seamus's car as soon as I got there and checked his tires. And luckily, he was on Pirelli's as well. So I figured, well, you know, at least we're in the same boat. <laughs> and that relieved the pressure a little bit. But and what, the Pirelli's uh, are typically a harder compound, aren't they? Yeah, I think he was running KM8s, so that's about the best Pirelli I think you could have for that, but it's still not a snow tire. Uh, so I don't think he was 
far off us in terms of traction. And that was actually a really cool thing that happened on Friday. Well, Thursday and Friday, <clears throat> I went up and watched practice and was and was talking to a few people. And um, Don Jankowski got a hold of me, and and Karen was riding with Joseph Burke. And uh, he said, do you remember who that guy was online looking for tires? I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, th we, we had a, about the United Nations to go down, but it ended up that uh, Seamus and Joseph Burke gave me uh, four full sets of tires to run the event on. And it was unbelievable. You know, I, 16 Pirellis. Come on, when am I ever going to be able to afford something like that? And, oh, you know, man. those those guys run them and take them off. And I know I was probably helping them out, but they they probably helped me out for two years worth of tires right there. Oh, that's so cool. And but, it's one of the many things I love about the rally community. It's always giving it back to the other guy, you know? Yeah. You know, so that was that was pretty cool. You know, everybody's like, where'd you get those tires? And I said, oh, the same tire Seamus runs. So. <laughs> so, so when I hear he was on... He was on those tires. It's like, yeah, and I was on a set of those too. But uh, we, we know how those go on the snow now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess my next question is, you know, it's like, you know, you're transiting out to the first stage of the day. It's looking a little slick out there. Then you get to the start. I mean, you get this countdown. And like, what are you thinking at that point? It's like, how are you going to approach this stage? with the conditions so different from what you did in recce so for us uh you know we were super excited about our finish on friday but unfortunately that put us fourth on the road saturday and there was a lot of snow up there it uh I, on the transit you know i'd just kind of play with a little bit and see you know okay what kind of grip do we have how's, how's the car going to handle and i'd scoot over just a little bit out of the tracks and i could literally you know three o'clock, 10 o'clock, three o'clock, 10 o'clock on the wheel. And that car would just float and plow straight ahead. <laughs> I don't know about you, Al, but, uh, it, it was pretty terrifying for traction. Uh, actually the first stage, um, it's within a half a mile of the start is actually Ken blocks corner where he destroyed his car. Um, was it 2015 or 2014? <laughs> but yeah, you actually, you start the stage and you, you go kind of straight, and then there's a right three. Well, we took off, and we hit that right three, and we went straight, and we missed the corner by 50 feet, and it's like, okay, you know, Brandon's giving me a pep talk. Okay, bring it in. Calm down, calm down. And then we have uh, maybe six or seven left sixes in a row, so we get up to 70 miles an hour, and, and like Mr. Hooper was saying, when I try to hit these sixes, the car keeps going straight, and it's like, <laughs> okay. Well, then after that is the big spectator area and every one of my friends from town is there and it's like, okay, let's do this. And I go shooting off into the spectator area and I hit a log pile and I smashed the rear end and I sprayed the entire crowd up on a hill. And then I go shooting off 150 feet off course and <laughs> all the while Brandon's like, all right, buddy, you know, this is the first mile and a half of the rally. And he's like, come on, reel it in. This is getting ridiculous. So we, we finally get out of there and we're up into the woods and uh, we're buzzing along and the roads are looking a little bit clearer and I hit about 70, 75 and all of a sudden the whole car just lifts right up and we do a double pirouette down the road. and Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, slush flying everywhere, snow everywhere and we land in the ditch and we rock up on our side and sit down and the car's 
you know, dead and, and the car wouldn't restart because rotaries really don't like to start when they're hot. So I'm sitting there for 60 seconds and the car won't start and it finally fires up and I look back and I see rabbit coming up behind me as so a rabbit blows by and, and, uh, yeah, that was the first mile and a half of the rally. And Brandon's like, all right, just simmer down and <laughs> just simmer down. <laughs> like, okay. So we're the rest of this, that that's the thing is the stage is nine miles long. So we had seven and a half more miles up the mountain, down the mountain. And at least we had a CNI rabbit to follow and he was spinning out and we were laughing and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was miserable. And that's, that's how our rally started on Saturday. <laughs> I, I've never driven so slow on stage. I, I kept, you know, hollering at Claudia, check our mirrors, check our mirrors, because I was thinking for sure we were going to get caught. And I, I guess we all had the same soup. We uh, we made it about four miles in, and I'd had a couple close calls and kept backing off and backing off. And I really, I, like I said, it just felt so slow. And we came into a maybe a left three into a right two minus and went a little inside on the right and couldn't couldn't get the car stopped it, it just wouldn't turn in for nothing slid across the road went into a ditch couldn't get out actually had to get out claudia put out triangles or put out one triangle i dug the tires out and then she actually pushed the car and we were able to back out and uh she's I knew a tough Shane little was, one by the way yeah yeah <laughs> she uh she said later that she didn't think that it was going to help pushing but she just figured she'd humor me and, and give it a shot <laughs> love it but, uh so Seamus passed us, and we knew we only had 23 seconds. So when he went by, that was a minute. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I pulled over to the other side of the road to put the belts on because I didn't want to sit right on the outside where I'd slid off with no belts trying to get harnessed up. And uh, then uh, Matt Hookey came by. So that was another minute. So I knew we were two minutes down. So I figured, you know, on one hand, I was upset. But on the other hand, it was like, well, that first four miles is about the most stressful driving I've ever done. At least I don't have to worry about it now. I can just. So you're not try. cold anymore. You're actually sweating that you were doing in that <laughs> race suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I figured the time was gone. So we'd just limp out. And then oddly enough, the very next stage, Seamus had an issue and got stuck and we ended up catching him. So got the time back. So it was pretty, pretty wild. I think uh shit show is the best best description you can come up with for those stages it was just disaster wow that sounds super challenging is there there's not a lot of elevation change really in that area but is it just well that's that... the thing is you get out of that stage that stage only had three inches of snow we come out of there and then we go 500 feet up in elevation and then it, it was six or seven inches of okay snow on so the there is uh, some elevation so, so what stage is that where you end up climbing up that's herman that's the okay. The infamous Herman. <laughs> <laughs> so famous, it's infamous, huh? Obviously, everybody had challenges uh, on that next day. How'd the rest of your uh, Tower City race team end up doing there? The Rabbit, uh, we followed him for those three stages, and he was about the same with us, just horrible. Um, but when he got back to service, he had a, his snowdrift tires, which are a special uh -huh. set of people. <laughs> These tires are so tiny. They're 13 inches. And I bet you they're only four inches wide. And it, he was he was the hot ticket then. He was those are, the way those it was, are like the those are like the old like WRC tires that they used to have, right? The super narrow much. ones that just trench through the the snow and get down to the to where the grip is. He he actually yep. 
he actually caught us. Is it is it Menge Creek or Mengi Creek? Yeah, Mengi Creek. He, he he caught us by the end of the stage. Uh, he he was flying. I can attest to it. I think he also set the fastest time on Herman. Did he not on the second pass? Yep. And uh, that second go around, he was gone. Yeah, it took the Sisu challenge for that as well. So he was uh, definitely putting down some times. <laughs> the worst thing is I'm looking at doing uh, the first ARA event of the year uh, coming up here December 1st, and I'm like, hey, Adam, uh, give me the specs on those tires, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we're looking. We'll probably have all three cars there too. So that'll be another battle royale. So, Mr. Hooper, Lexus on the top of the podium for the uh, two-wheel drives there. That must have felt pretty good. Very, very good. We've been working a long time to get there, and uh, it was just a a very nice end of the season. So, you know, obviously a very challenging rally. Uh, Everybody had some issues, but it definitely showed the the Sisu perseverance. So, well done. Um, So, does that cap off uh, your year and uh, just getting everything uh, planned for next season? Yeah, I think that's... uh... That's it for this year, for sure. The car's actually still on the trailer, and we're we're starting to talk a little bit about next year. You know, it's a little early with everything coming out. I, I think both ARA and RA have just released schedules, and there's some surprises there, of course. So we're just kind of taking a step back and breathing and, and looking at resources and, you know, starting to bench build a season, I guess, see see what we can do. Well, there's actually, uh, you know, one thing that uh, Rally America did announce with that new schedule is uh... – there's an event not too far from you, I believe. Uh, so, well, actually, we we gained one and we lost one. Right. So, so 100 Acres, the closest event for us, and, and that went to ARA. And then, are you talking about West Virginia? Yeah. I, figured that, I guess that isn't as close, depending on where you are there. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's maybe eight hours. There's, there's yeah. nothing close for us. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it's all relative. Eight, eight hours is close. I guess we can leave, you know, in the afternoon and get there before midnight. That's that's close for us. But I actually ran that event, or I think it's different roads, but mm-hmm. when it was based out of Elkins, and then also one year when it was based out of uh, Snowshoe. And those were definitely really nice roads up there. I don't know how close this new event's going to be, but uh, lots of lots of elevation changes. You know, most of the stages you'd start on one side of a, a ridge line and climb up to the ridge maybe race along the ridge for a little bit and then back down the other side and and coming from washington you know i i love i I love the elevation changes and just what it does for the roads um so i gotta watch out for the off camber ones well and exposure (laughs) (laughs) right there's definitely going to be exposure but co-driver side it's always a (laughs) coach yeah of course yeah, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Looking forward to hearing more about it. But obviously, uh, always good to have more events. Exactly. That's you know that's my thought as well. You know the even with all the kind of controversy stuff, or whatever among uh, sanctioning bodies, uh, my thought is the more rallies, the better. So I I can't complain uh, overall with uh, what's been happening as far as uh, more events uh, seem to be coming online. Al, you said uh, just kind of briefly that. Another event um, coming up on the calendar for you. That's right. It's uh, Namaji's coming up, right? Yep. Yeah. The only damage that we've found so far on the car was a, uh, a broken rear diff mount, which makes a lot of noise every time you let slack out in the driveline. 
We're hoping that'll be an easy fix. One of the punchlines to our Saturday at LSPR was uh, we had Mr. Lefevre there doing the Sisu challenge and the Sisu updates, and he came over for my update, and he looked down, and he turned white as a ghost, and he's like, uh, why do you have those tires on? And I'm like, well, I just put them on yesterday. And, well, this was Al's first time running uh, Pirelli Super Softs. Mm-hmm. And when we did 80 stage miles on Friday, well, usually my tires last me three events. Well, we never even looked at them Saturday before we went out and we started in all oh, that no. snow. <laughs> we didn't even look at them. And there was no tread left on the tires. Right. So not yeah. only did we start Saturday morning with the wrong tires, we started with no tread. <laughs> um, super soft. They mean super <laughs> soft. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. That's great. Yep. Uh, so lesson learned there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so you're using uh, ha- having some snow tires up prepped, uh, some nice narrow ones for uh, uh, for there at Namaji, but uh, hopefully it won't be super wintry cold. Yeah, it'll be it'll be perfect irony. It'll be seventy five and sunny. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm right, uh, I believe they said that uh, entries are already open, uh, where people start. Uh, yeah, uh, entering in for that one. Um, and you said the the whole crew is going to be there. Yep. Um, my brother, like I said, he bought the car last year after LSPR, and then he rented it out for LSPR this year. So he still has not competed in his first rally. Um, so the guy, the guys got the car ready. Um, they took the car back down state, uh, about eight hours away across the Mackinac bridge. And there, there's a team down there rewiring it for him, uh, putting a new ECU in. He'll get it back. He still hasn't driven it in anger. I believe rabbit's going to come now that Wyoming was canceled. So he'll be able to come race and, uh, that's actually how rabbits rally America campaign started last year was. I was beating him by three seconds with eight miles to go, and we shook on it. And I hit an icy spot and slowed down, and he didn't. So that's how he started out number one in the Rally America Championship. And then he ended up going to Snowdrift and winning there. So that's what uh, his impetus to run the entire year. So when we get to line him back up at Namaji on December 1, it's, it's going to be out for blood. I like that. Fighting words. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> Friend, friendly rivalry. <laughs> oh, yeah. We love the friendly, friendly rivalry, you know. You can talk smack a little. It's all good. I don't know if you remember that one from our previous interview of how I'm, I have a bad habit of turning into turning my crew chiefs into rallyists. Well, my crew chief from last LSPR was the co-driver with Cooper this year. And then now my crew chief from this LSPR is going to be my little brother's co-driver. So I'm looking for a new crew chief. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is about the fourth or fifth crew chief I've turned into a racer. So <laughs> uh, You're hired. We'll keep you around because uh, it just keeps the system flowing there. Yeah, yeah. We're okay with that. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So we keep busy. Well, I mean, there were definitely some some things in the news, and I don't know if you guys want to comment on them or not, but uh, uh, obviously Rally America did announce their new schedule. Um, For the most part, the good thing is not a lot of conflicts with ARA events. It looks like, in general, there's some good-sized gaps uh, that you can compete in both uh, without too much of an issue. So I thought that was a very good thing. Yeah, we were were definitely happy to see that. I think just Colorado and... 
maybe NEFR are conflicting, but other yep. than that, Ohio's not conflicting. Uh, Olympus is no longer a, a national, so it's not conflicting. So yeah, it, it's much improved over last maybe year. True to Forest. Olympus is still national. Ah, it's ah. actually the first event uh, or a second event on the season. Correct. Um, but it's the Tour de Forest, right? It goes back to a read. So yeah, uh, I think it's great that they're they're not overlapping. Makes it a lot easier on co-drivers as well. I don't know how many drivers are doing both series, but I know you know some of those top co-drivers are definitely trying to get in as many seats as they can. That's their their, their livelihood. What about you, Al? Uh, you'd be able to do more events now without the uh, conflict. Uh really doesn't affect me. I I bought all three licenses this year. Um, <laughs> it was it was a hard pill to pop to swallow for LSPR, I had to hand over $188 to Rally America, and I knew my license would expire on Sunday, so I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I had the Says NASA the guy license. that earned four grand in Sisu, uh, at least <laughs> earnings coming in. Not that you won it, but just in general. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially after giving, get, getting some Pirelli tires, you know, I, I, yeah. I can't complain, and and uh, like I always preach with the rally karma, you know, you give and you get, and sometimes you give and give and give, and sometimes it comes around, and I, I'm I'm never complaining. So it was a little unfortunate. The uh, earlier this week they did say that Wyoming isn't coming back uh, on Rally America, but just not the entries from it. Yeah, hard to lose an event because we definitely want to see more events. But hey, like like we said earlier, uh, West Virginia is that uh, new one that's added to the calendar. So. Um, uh, uh, a net zero really in that, in that respect. So I uh, can't really, well, actually there's a couple other new events. They announced a, uh, a New Mexico event and I guess a, a Nevada event, a desert rally in Nevada. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, competitors that go to these new rounds, just have an open mind and understand, Hey, everybody's got to learn, right? Uh, not only the new roads to you, but it's uh, new stuff for all of these uh, volunteers to learn and whatnot coming from that background myself as an organizer, as a volunteer, um, everybody's got to learn a little bit as they go. So, uh, yeah. I, I'm just glad people are willing to, to give up their weekends and, and put the effort in because it's, uh, it, it always amazes me at every event, you know, how many volunteers are out there just working their tails off so we can play in our cars. And it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. I'm grateful for them. I, yeah, definitely. Um, Al, did you do any uh, volunteering back when you were uh, just a, a youngin? <laughs> yeah, actually, that's how uh, Brandon and I started out. Um, his father is, has been a marshal since the 70s when it was a POR. Um, I grew up in West Virginia and Wyoming, and then I moved back to the Upper Peninsula when I was 15, 16. And they're like, hey, come check out this rally. And I thought it was like... Um, uh, race of champions where they did that figure eight style rally cross and it's like i don't know how they're gonna do that in the woods but um so yeah that's how i started out and um brandon worked his way up i think before he was 18 he was a stage captain um i was his navigator so he had a an old chevy pickup truck and he drove that and i had to read the tulips and there was quite a few times we had complaints from uh, some of the radio volunteers that we laid out stages a bit too quickly, but uh, we had a bad habit of we'd lay out the stages, and once we had the stage set, we'd run the stage in reverse course. And it, it's one of those things where uh, I always ask for forgiveness, not permission. And uh, we just uh, 
we'd tell the ham radios at the finish, we'd be like, uh, at 30 seconds after we let them, after we leave, let them know we're reverse course and we're coming in hot. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, how, that's how we started out. And uh, we volunteered for 17 years. Uh, Brandon awesome. moved away. He's uh, a fireman and a police police guy over in uh, Ironwood, about two hours away. And uh, we grew apart, and I started racing and doing dirt track and stuff like that and started doing rally. <clears throat> and he had to cyber spectate for a few years. And it's actually how I met Mr. Hooper and Claudia was over at Magnum Opus in Newberry, which is the middle of nowhere, Michigan. And uh, I had won the first day of Magnum Opus and two-wheel drive, and, and there's these two people with funny accents met me at my motel door and they're like uh, trying to figure out why this little black jet is going so quickly. <laughs> like, you know, when you hear Mr. Hooper and Claudia speak before you even know who they are, it's like, all right, what is, what's going on? And so he had his little BMW and it's one thing Magnum Opus was always known for was it was always 90 degrees and humid and dusty and so anytime you had a chance to get out of your car we were always out sitting on our hoods uh jibber jabbering and we made a lot of friendships over over there at that magnum opus rally which no longer exists well that's another one we need to work on bringing back i said there's a fun event but maybe we'll bring it back when the mosquitoes are out of season <laughs> yeah i think that's how i met half of my rally friends was i was i was always the dope dealer out there i had the bug dope <laughs> there you go <laughs> That uh, one thing I wanted to bring up actually about the uh, uh, about LSPR, uh, you guys have something a little bit different at that event. Um, you have something called a passage control, and uh, it sounded like that's something that caught out several novice competitors. Uh, I know you guys are just drivers, not co-drivers, meaning you don't always read the entire route book. But uh, can can you guys uh, give us an insight about a passage control and? How important that is that you actually have to stop there. So I think that's actually blown out a little bit. It it's simply they they're my friends, but it, it's simply they're just thinking the next stage is Houghton and they're going to Houghton. Um, they pretty much chopped seven or eight miles off their transit by deciding to turn left instead of right. Um, there's nowhere in the route book that even gives you that option, so it's literally not looking in the route book and just doing your own thing. And it's, it, it's, I feel bad for saying it, but yeah, it has nothing to do with um, the LSPR organizers or the route book. It's just plain operator error on that one. Yeah. I mean, from the sounds of it, uh, you know, from the more experienced co-drivers that I, uh, you know, heard from that, you know, not only was it in the route, but it was in actually on the time card. So it, it means you have to stop there. Exactly. It was a time control. And I, I, I sympathize with them. I, I understand you know, you're just using logic to get back, but unfortunately you got to follow the route books. Um, actually, I think one of the uh, the the best uh, responses I saw to that, and gosh, I'm trying to remember who it was that posted it, but the explanation was that, look, you know, there are times, even though it seems like it's off the beaten path and not direct route from you, look at the Google Maps on your smartphone these days, there are reasons that you may have to take a specific route because... You don't want to piss off some certain locals with your loud cars, even if it's transits. You don't want to, you know, there, there might be reason. I, I can totally reason that the WRC forces teams to maybe go through certain villages for camera op 
you know, opportunities where they go past some, like, old church or something, and they want to get pictures of the car as they pass by it, and they'll make the route specifically go that way for that reason. Gotta follow the route book, right? I actually had to, uh, I explained that to the to the rookie guys in our third Tower City car. I was like, if you have a route book and it tells you to go this way, you have to go this way. Well, the co-driver, he actually lived in Hancock maybe four or five miles from the practice stage. Mm-hmm. But I had ingrained it into him that you have to follow the route book. So, so rather than just take the four or five miles to go to the practice stage, he went backwards, had to go back to where the route started and followed it <laughs> note by note. And it took him an extra half an hour because of traffic and a detour. But that's the way it said you had to go to the practice stage, and that's the way he went. And I'm like, oh. the worst thing is you didn't read the first page where it says on Thursday and Friday, or Thursday, you're free to move about within a 60 mile radius. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, he followed followed my instructions, so that was good. And that was on Thursday going to practice. So it's just something you have. You know, you're going to be a good co-driver. You're going to take care of your driver, and I've been very lucky. The four or five co-drivers I've had. You know, they've been very professional, and I don't think in six or seven years, I don't think we've ever had a penalty. So I'm not even going to knock on wood on that because I trust my co-driver. He's knocking knocking on wood listening to me. What about you, Mr. Hooper? You had any uh, issues with uh, time controls in recent history or uh, pretty much been flawless? We've, we've been pretty lucky. I actually had four different co-drivers this year in five events. Wow. All of them, all of them did outstanding. The, the most recent before LSPR, my, my crew guy actually jumped up and sat in the seat. And similar to Al's experience, he just went out and bought one of my old BMWs. So now he's got a rally car. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, great. It, something in the water, I guess. But uh, no, no, they, they all do a great job. Uh, I'm lucky to have every one of them. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Al, I think I saw you post something region, uh, recent about um, a, a regional championship. Not, I don't know. I don't know what you would be talking about. Uh huh. Maybe they they want it. Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Now I see. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hadn't even paid attention to it. I was so. Busy oh no! That. Not at all. No. <laughs> I was waiting to see how uh, the national championship shook out, and it's like, well, okay, you know, Adam missed out because Wyoming didn't happen, and I'm like, well, I wonder where we finished in the central region, and. The results weren't coming up and weren't coming up, and all of a sudden it popped up. I'm like, wow, these aren't updated. And then I started clicking, wow, these are updated. And so I made sure to screenshot it right away and send it to my co-driver, Brandon, and let him know, congratulations, we just won our first championship. And we won the Central Division Group 5 uh, for 2018. So not, there's not 80 or 90 drivers in there, but uh, uh, what we did... Uh, the, we got first, so I guess we'll we'll put it on our uh, wall and hang it there and be proud of it. And it's something that can't be taken away from us unless we do something really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, Al, on that. That is really cool. Um, and you know, you got there through Sisu, man, or or Sisu, or however you pronounce it. But uh, well done, well done. And Mr. Hooper, congratulations on a fantastic win in such challenging, changing conditions. Actually, um, hold on a second. Yeah? Did, did you see who won the national championship for Rally America? Did not. Uh, where is that? Who, who did win I, that? 
I wasn't paying attention to that either, Al. Oh, okay. So that must be Mr. Hooper. Yeah, we 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 ended up getting it. We were pretty happy. Congratulations. I, wow. So not only a win at the last event, uh, like I said, one of the toughest events, but you won the over, the, the two-wheel drive championship for... Uh... Two-wheel drive overall. Yeah, great job. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I I have to say, I did sneak in an extra event for a little buffer over Seamus because he kept beating us at the beginning of the year. So I... I went and did show me while he was out west uh, running ah, air. Ah, right. So I did pocket pocket an extra events worth points, but uh, it still it still feels like a win with LSPR. So I'm I'm proud of it. We're proud of it. The, the team's very very pleased. Come on, which one of you guys going to do the full ARA championship next year? Come on, come on, mm. <laughs> come on. I, no? I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, it's it you know it is hard. I mean, it's unfortunate that it's so expensive, but it's kind of just the way it is. Um, that's true with all other motorsports. And um, but hey, you were able to get uh, pick up the one for, with Rally America. You just uh, were able to get in a lot of those events that are uh, that are nearest to you to uh, be able to uh, get, grab that. So congratulations, awesome job! Uh, you guys are just some of the greatest competitors as far as just you know uh, to help define what the sport is about. Uh, you guys are always helping each other out, helping other teams out. You started out very grassroots and built yourself up. It's just everything that I love about rally is what you guys do, and it's just so much fun. And, of course, trying to get uh, those uh, crew chiefs involved in rally. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, any last words before uh, we let you guys go for the evening? We had go a ahead. good one today. We actually have four administrators on the Tower City page. And um, I made sure to to get make sure I had a lot of Tower City shirts for sale at the Rally Superstore uh, at the event. And I seen a few people buying them here and there. <clears throat> and I got a message this morning uh, from Wisconsin, uh, a little kid out of Pulaski. Um, but <laughs> his dad had checked up on him on his Xbox or whatever. And he found that he had actually been drawing up Rexine on his on his xbox so he could race it in forza and i thought awesome. that was really really cool and i replied to him let him know that was awesome i'm like when he gets it done send it over and he said well we got one other thing he's like well i bought him a tower city shirt and he hasn't taken it off since the event <laughs> 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 so then my my brother was one of the other other administrators he he uh, started texting them and um we might actually have uh, eric hill racing out of green bay we might have him swing over there with his rally car and bring this kid to school one day. And then the rest of the team got together and they put together a sticker package. They're going to send it over to him. I think it's leaving tomorrow afternoon. So that was one cool thing that came out of LSPR with that we wanted to share. So. That is cool. You know, the, got to get that younger generation involved, get them hooked. Um, they, they are, it's so fun to see them at events, isn't it? When they, you know, they first hear those cars fire up and their eyes bulge you know it's like or, or you let them sit in the car and they're just so fascinated i just love it yeah <laughs> it, the, those memories will stick with them too i i remember getting that excited when i was a kid and uh it, it's just neat to see and neat to have the chance to to give that back to somebody i'm i'm a bit of a show-off but uh i do it for the kids i i, I remember how, how exciting it was it's it's pretty awesome do you give a little bit more in front of those spectator areas? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brandon, 
Brandon doesn't have the word in his, in his vocabulary. He takes it out of all the books. He's like, <laughs> at Ojibwe one year, he goes, you know, you've been really stinking at these spectator areas today. I said, yeah, well, if you'd tell me which ones were the spectator areas, he's, <laughs> he's just not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I'm That's always awesome. getting in trouble for waving. Yeah. <laughs> Smacking yeah. with the book. I'm waving at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um. Uh. Well, I, I do want to ask. Did either of you guys uh watch the uh, WRC event over the uh, last weekend? It, it was pretty memorable stuff. Uh, talk about a tight championship. I I caught it all the way except the last three stages. So as, as far as important know, three, uh, of course. Y- Yari's winning, right? Yari get it. <laughs> <laughs> ah well. Um. I hope you hid yourself from social media because it kind of blew up. Yeah, I, I did not. I'm uh, I'm excited to see how it turned out, but what a result for Loeb. That's uh, pretty special. That is. Um, uh, apologies, my uh, cat Lulu is deciding to come and make some noise in here. Hold on just a second. Sorry about the obnoxious furball. <laughs> Cannot hide from the animals sometimes. Anyways, but yeah. I, 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 is that amazing just... He's he's the master, El Maestro, right? Freaking lobe. <laughs> so so did Yari go off, or did he just lose some time, or or how did he? I know it was pretty tight uh, going into the third day, but how did it go down there at the end? Oh, he, he wouldn't even talk on the camera. He ended up basically just one corner a little bit too fast, goes wide, and basically just brushes the armco with the left rear and uh yeah the, the dbeads the tire oh man yeah i just <sighs> did yep. you did you see on the earlier stage the the post stage interview i don't know if he picked up a flat or he he, he started yeah, that event yeah did you where, see where the... he was cussing like you've never heard yari ever cuss before did you happen <laughs> to notice his navigator cowering in the other side of the car <laughs> yeah <laughs> With his eyes shut? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I love Yari Matilatvala for his openness, right? I mean, he just wears his heart on his sleeve. He's so passionate about rally racing. Uh, we love people like that in the sport. And, yeah, he was just so dejected. He, I mean, yeah, he said pretty much, it's like, I would be effing winning this rally if it wasn't for that puncture. And then what was so awesome is that next day in the rain, he had built himself all the way back up to be back in the lead. Like you were saying, when it came to that next day, uh, it, he should have been winning that rally. But all, he slapped that arm, and got yet another puncture from it. Um, yeah, it was Yari's rally to win. Well, other than Oik Tanak, who also had a puncture um, and kind of lost it all on the previous day. So... Yeah, uh, not a good day for the Toyotas when it came to uh, dealing with um, the, the conditions there. They they both made mistakes and uh, ended up uh, ha- having to deal with that. Uh, a little bit frustrating. Um, boy, Tanak's the guy to beat next year for sure. But now we're down to, what is it, like seven points between uh, Ogier and uh, Neuville with Ogier in the lead now. So one final event... I mean, this could go down to the power stage to decide it, guys. 
<laughs> it, it's going to be good for sure. I, I know I was, uh, and I don't always do this because, uh, I mean, I, I, I do have to work and stuff, but I was literally up at 3.30 in the morning to catch that final power stage of this event um, <laughs> and watching it until about, what, 4.45 or 5 or whenever it ended uh, just because I, I, I had to see what happened. It was so close between the two Sebastians. They were separated by 3.6 seconds or something like that, 3.9 seconds going into that final stage. Wow. It was that close. Um, uh, the tough thing is that on tarmac, you know, it's it, it's harder to gain, you know, lose a lot or gain a lot uh, unless somebody makes a mistake. And uh, But Loeb did a master stroke. What I thought was so cool is it's, the old guy is just, he's so freaking clever. Um, I... I wanted to hate Loeb, I really did, because he just kept freaking winning. But he is just <laughs> amazing. They, you know, everybody's like trying to pick what tires they're going to use. It's a little bit cooler that morning and whatnot, but there isn't the rain that they had the day before. It's dry. And he chose hard compound, but not right away. He kept the softs on that car until there was 30 seconds left for him to uh, leave service. Then he says, guys, switch to hards. That quick. And that stage, uh, that first loop in the morning, is where he pulled out the lead. <laughs> Racing all the way to the pits. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, everybody had the same compound in the afternoon. So that's where it... Uh, but, but, you know, at the same time, I guess it showed that the Citroen can definitely still perform well uh, once, you know, you get it dialed in right. You know Loeb's going to dial it in right. Yet at the same time... You know, OGA in the uh, in the Ford was definitely still um, able to be right up there with them. I think the car to beat from a performance standpoint, though, flat out, is the Toyota. They've got the speed and the power. I think that the other teams don't quite have yet. Um, I think I think there's just a little bit more something in their uh, power plant that the other teams don't have. I think, uh, yeah, it's a little more parity between Hyundai, uh, Ford, and the um, citrons out there so hmm. so how about how about meek next year that's that's what i'm excited about <laughs> I, I got that news i about jumped out of my seat it's uh between him and oit and yari that's going to be quite the dream team i don't know who's who's collecting points back there i think they'll all be gunning for it but <laughs> if you can keep them under control they should be quite the force i agree that's the thing is like um Who's the support driver in that team? Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to rock, paper, scissors for it, I guess. Right. I, I think basically they're just going to all go for it until about like round five. Then we might see team orders. But after, but before that, I, I don't know. It's going to be just all out, you know, go for the win. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I also uh, saw a recent announcement that Citroen has confirmed that they will be around through 2021, I believe it was, um, uh, through 2020, so two more years. Uh, that means that's how long at least OGA's contract is. Ah. So, because OGA just said that he'd have at least, you know, one more contract before he retires. Well, why would Citroen stick around, you know, say they're going to stick around for, you know, assuredly two more years without it coinciding with OGA, right? I wonder if, if Loeb's going to do any more driving next year or if he's just uh, coming back to prove his chops and stepping back aside. Um, 
Al, any comments on uh, uh, you've been following the WRC stuff? Not too heavy, but it's it's always amazing um, watching the new guys come in, and then uh, you know you got a good drama and a good show, and then then the old wizard just comes back and spanks them all back into place, and he goes. <laughs> Goes and has a cigarette and a drink, and all right, let me know when you're ready to get spanked again, boys. Oh. <laughs> it definitely felt that way. And not only that, after he won the event, he can still do that freaking gymnast backflip. <laughs> yeah, I like the co-driver with the somersault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daniel Lane is definitely a character. Definitely a character. Oh, man. Uh... I'm, I'm a little worried about what's going to happen to M Sport. Um, I think we're going to end up seeing uh, probably Breen will go over there. You'll probably still have Elvin Evans. Elvin finally showed his capability. He was on the podium. I know he's got the speed, just his consistency this year was just horrible. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, we know Timu Sunan is going to still be there. So I'm waiting to see the. Wait, I'm waiting for the fire to light up under Timu a little bit. Uh, he seems a little bit more reserved at the second half of the season. He showed some promise earlier on and just kind of backed off. So, yeah, still kind of waiting to see uh, what's going to happen there. As far as Loeb for 2019, uh, here's the thing. The, Peugeot has pulled out of World RX, right? So not doing Rallycross anymore. That's what Loeb was doing with them. So that means maybe would we have a both Sebastians in with Citroen? Would that be that be two contentions? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the idea with with Toyota of letting them run the first five wide open and decide after that could work there too. It, it definitely could. Um, they got, I, they got I don't that know. order. I know they've uh, they're going to end up getting, of course. Um, Esapeka Lappi is going to go over there, and he'll be doing the full season. So it'll be uh, the, the confirmed are Lappi and Ogier. But uh, Loeb, I don't know if they can afford three cars. I think they're going to, full time, I think they're going to probably do Loeb select events again. That would be my guess. And uh, whatever events that Loeb's not doing, they're probably, you'll see Khaled uh, al running. That's my thought. But we'll, we'll see what happens with that for sure. Um Hayden Padden, though, where's he going to end up? Wasn't he, he was rumored to go to something other than Hyundai about a week ago, wasn't he? Yeah, the rumor was that he'd go to M Sport, yet he'd still have an agreement with Hyundai that he could still run the Hyundai, like, AP4 back home and you doing some of the Asia-Pacific stuff or the New Zealand Rally Championship stuff because he is pretty ingrained with the Hyundai brand, you know, back home. You know, maybe some separation between the WRC stuff he does separate from the, you know, the uh, national rally stuff that he does, they might let him do that. Um, it'd be kind of interesting, but I guess considering that M Sport isn't so much Ford M Sport like it used to be, it is M Sport with some backing from Ford's performance, right? So it, it's not like it's got big Ford branding on everything. It's big M Sport branding on everything. That may leave the door open that he could... Con could run with both. Uh, I, I can understand that being important to him because he definitely needs to run some stuff uh, back home. I think that's uh, Im important for him to uh, continue keeping that uh, rally community growing uh, back in New Zealand. He's done a lot to help 
grow the sport there. Um, not that it wasn't, you know, rallying wasn't already strong, but I think he's brought it to another level being a uh, WRC competitor that's, you know, from that home country. So I'd like to see Hayden do a whole full season. Uh, but if he comes to M Sport, M Sport is not going to run four cars probably though. So team was definitely confirmed. I mean, I can see Breen and Elvin Evans being there. Padden, which one would you take? Would you take Elvin over Padden? Would you take Padden over Elvin? Breen. Would you Breen? Uh, I, I, he's had a bad run of luck, but he he's got. I think he's got the speed, and he's he's still developing and getting faster and faster. Uh, Talking about Breen? Yeah, I would have to agree with you. Uh, I, I mean, the consistency that Breen's had has been phenomenal i mean this is a guy that knows how to consistently finish if you're wanting to get manufacturer points he's the guy that you want in that seat um almost like a danny sordo you know on his day he'll win um but otherwise he's still going to get you points and uh, i i think that he's a he's a great support driver i don't think he's a consistent winner like a championship guy just yet but maybe builds up to it right yep yep um I guess that's it kind of for WRC stuff. I don't think I've uh, read any other uh, crazy news lately. Um, I believe also last weekend, uh, I didn't see a lot of updates from it, but uh, NASA Rally Sports uh, ESPR um, was this last weekend. It looked like it was a sloppy, wet, med- muddy <laughs> mess. But Yeah, it looked bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't but... see how many cars started, but only nine finished. So, Oh, wow. I think uh, Patty Brennan came out on top, didn't he? That's yep. exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, Patty Brennan with a uh, good friend of the show, Matt James, co-driver. So third, third win in a row. I think I, I saw somewhere. Yeah. So that's... congratulations to them. That's awesome. Yeah, that's gotta feel great. Well, uh, maybe we need to get Patty to do a, a full championship season too. There we go. Yeah, there's some interesting things coming out of that RKT Motors garage. It's it's interesting to see and. Uh, they they haven't said it, but they're hinting, and uh, I, I think uh, the old uh, angry Evo has got quite the upgrade coming out of there for next year. That sounds pretty cool. Um, well, uh, speaking of Evos, uh, you know, at LSPR, of course, we had uh, Joseph Burke and Karen Jakowski come out with a win there, and that Evo is a beast as well. Yeah, I was glad to see it finally get the good finish that it, it deserves. Uh, they've been uh, developing that suspension for a while, and they had a couple catastrophic failures. And and to win LSPR, that's a, that's a good check on the resume. I talked to Joseph at the finish, and he said, he said, uh, you let that Mr. Hooper know that he's got my money because I did all day with front-wheel drive only. So he wants your Sisu money. <laughs> maybe Maybe he can borrow the Escort next year. <laughs> yeah. I think he'll be pretty happy to be uh, to driving the Evo if it behaves and he can keep it on the road. I think he'll he'll have some good battles next year. Well, hoping to see more of that. Um, and of course, uh, the the Brown brothers ended up second at uh, LSPR, and uh, they won the national championship with that. Um, impressive results from an open light. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily need to be need a turbo to be fast out there. They're, they're very quick too. It's not just. Uh... You know, the snow that caught other people out. I mean, they were on pace all of day one. Um, they've been consistently setting fastest times, top three times uh, all, all year long. It's pretty impressive how quickly they're going with that car. A lot of bravery, definitely, and skill, of course, uh, to go along with that. Uh, third place, and I'm probably going to butcher their names, but the 
It's uh, Matt and Adeline Hookie. Is that how you say it? Yeah, and they're, they're actually local. They're uh, from Houghton, Hancock, the home of LSPR. So he's been uh, racing for 20 years. He used to have his wife as his co-driver, and now he, he actually didn't enter LSPR until seven days before. Um, his daughter's going to college about eight or nine hours away, and she said, Dad, I'm coming home. I'm co-driving, and sign us up. And he said, well, the boss says uh, we're doing it. We're doing it. So he, he literally... He he knew he had the car. It was it was prepped. It was clean. He said he said the only thing he didn't like about racing it was now he had to wash it again. And I'm pretty sure he didn't put any dents in it, and it's ready to go again. So that was really really cool, you know, father daughter, and uh, to put it on the national podium. I know he's been waiting years to do that. So I I think that's the only event he runs all year long too. He comes out, gets it out of the garage, sets down super fast times, and then parks it till next year. Uh, he's out practicing. Well, maybe he yeah. is. I don't know how close he lives, but he's really quick. So he's a Uper lobe. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Well, the cool thing is, is he had a really bad string of luck for like ten years, and he was flinging cars off cliffs, and and he'd build another car, and then well, this car, he he actually, I think it's, uh, I think it was built by Vermont Sports Car years ago. And uh, so he finally got a, one that he likes, and luckily he hasn't wrecked it. Well, he rolled it, rolled it four years ago with his wife on Farpoint. Um, but yeah, since uh, he's had his daughter co-driving with him, he's behaving a lot better, and he's putting it on the podium. So he, you can't complain there. Well, well done by uh, Matt and Adeline, his daughter, uh, father-daughter team. That's really freaking cool. Um, well, and congratulations again to you guys, um, championship winners, regional and national. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show and tell us the stories and I really look forward to seeing you guys out on the stages next season no doubt thanks for having us Mike All right, you guys take care and uh, that's it for this uh, Open Paddock Rallycast remember you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram all that social media stuff and we have uh, we're starting to post these now on our YouTube channel if you want to see them there and, of course, you can get them on iTunes. Uh, Google now, I guess, has their own um, podcast app. You can just search for the Open Paddock podcast there. It'll uh, it'll automatically grab from our RSS feed or whatever podcast app you like to uh, listen to us. So if you're listening to this, you probably already have found it. But um, they're on our website as well, of course. Uh, you can download them through those other sources. And, uh, yeah, we're looking at maybe making some changes. I'm thinking about maybe going to Podbean or one of those other more larger platforms uh to try and maybe expand our exposure but uh anyways thanks everybody for listening i'm your host mike shaw and for mr michael hooper and our mr youper <laughs> al dante's <laughs> jr thanks guys for being on the show Bye. cheers